Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Anacrusic Podcast. You are listening to episode number 39. Today on tap, I'm going to share with you the reasons why I think you should take on the attitude, it's not you, it's me. You're listening to the Anacrusic Podcast with Anne Molesky, the music teacher and curriculum designer behind Anacrusic.com. This podcast is all about making your music teacher life more purposeful, sequential, and joyful, so you can take a breath and love each and every moment you spend making music with kids. So grab a cup of coffee and kick up your feet, because it's time for another episode. So last time on the podcast, we talked about the main reasons I became a music teacher and what I can assume are some of the reasons that you decided to be a music teacher too. And a big part of the reason why is because of this term I talked about, teacher-musician. And not only does this imply that we are musicians first to our musician colleagues, but it also somewhat differentiates us from our teacher colleagues as well. So not only are we likely the only music specialists on our campus, but we have a set of values that are, of course, focused on the students and their success, but also focused on how we can best share music joyfully with the world. This is sort of an interesting dichotomy because it designates us from our musician and teacher colleagues, but also helps solidify our identity and our purpose. So today I want to talk a little bit about that purpose and how we can shift our mindset away from all of the negative quote-unquote have-tos and some of the other stresses and requirements put on us as teachers and reframe them as ways to enhance our musicianship. Yes, enhance our musicianship with all of these have-tos and things that are put on our plate as music teachers. And honestly, it's all about mindset. If you ever had a really lame breakup, (laughs) and just stay with me here, um, or if you've ever seen a romantic comedy, whether you consider those lame or not, you've heard the whole, it's not you, it's me, excuse to justify a breakup. And really, what happens when someone says that? They are generally laying out some excuses, whether they're true or not, about why they aren't a good fit for the situation and why it isn't working for them and ending it. Well, we can't exactly end our teaching relationship when something doesn't jive with our expectations, but we can take some of the blame. And I don't mean expectations as in necessarily our standards, although maybe, but more so literally our expectations of how our year, week, day, or the last five minutes was supposed to go. And I don't mean take blame as in think, woe is me, or be a doormat and allow yourself to be taken advantage of, but more along the lines of you being the one who is in control. This goes along with two sayings that I think about all the time. The first being the quote by Henry Ford that says, whether you can or you can't, you're right, which in and of itself is, of course, the truth. But what if we change that to whether you think you're in control or you're not, you're right, or whether you think you are going to have a positive attitude or a good day or not, you're right. Because as the other saying goes that I hear a lot in my family is you are in control of your own attitude. And since you're in control of your own attitude, you're in control of how you frame your each and every day. So as a teacher, and as a specials teacher in particular, it's really difficult. We often have duty assignments, 
that other teachers don't have, grueling schedules that keep us on our feet, and using our voices and just generally being on all day, and all of the same expectations in terms of data collection and testing pressures that are placed upon us, whether fairly or unfairly, they're there. And with all of this outside pressure, how can we possibly adopt its not you, it's me as an attitude? Well, recognize that it's all outside pressure. That we either choose to embrace that pressure, stay with me, or take it on in a manner of passive resistance. So embracing it or resisting it in a passive-aggressive manner, which is ultimately going to bring you less stress and therefore more joy. The choice that has less resistance. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not saying to roll over every time unfair demands or expectations are placed on you individually that aren't distributed evenly throughout the community. It takes a village and all that after all. But remember, one of my big things this year is saying no if it's not a heck yes. But I'm talking about those things that are just part of the teacher job description, whether you're a kindergarten teacher or a teacher musician. So what about those lunch or before and after school duties? Those aren't obnoxious requirements that simply impede on your planning time, although both of those assertions definitely feel true. (laughs) But they are opportunities, or they could be opportunities, to be more present in your community and connect with your kids outside of the music room so that you can connect with them more deeply inside of the music room. If you know exactly what is going on to make that class or that student tick, just from that side conversation you had on bus duty, think about, one, how much connection you can create with those kids over time, and two, how much time you can therefore actually save planning because you know the perfect lesson, the perfect activity, the perfect thing that is going to make them jive. One of the most frustrating things for me is trying to force data collection systems onto my content area that are put into like the broader education world and therefore um, forced onto my content area when it was never intended for my style of teaching, this exploratory, like very participatory style of teaching. And I'm sure you've had similar experiences. It was when I finally took charge and adapted tools to my instruction rather than the other way around that I was able to benefit from all of those seemingly pointless meetings about data. So this problem for me has been twofold. Like if you think about data collection, it doesn't necessarily fit music all of the time. And not only does the tool that our campuses are using not design for our content area, but we often have to sit in on meetings about those tools. So I turned it into a puzzle. It was a puzzle for me to effectively track my students and show progress, to not only improve my instruction, which is the purpose of an assessment and student success, but to show solidarity with my school community. Because if they saw and when they see that I am being a team player, even though they know what I'm doing is very different than them, that just builds that community and that support network. And as for crazy schedules, how lucky are your kids that you are willing to be quote unquote on all day long? And how lucky for you that you literally get to live out your artistry in a classroom environment, spreading the joy of music all day long. Of course, that feeling might not rev you up after five straight hours on your feet when your voice begins to fade, but it's always worked for me. And to be honest with you, there's never been a day that I've been mad or upset or dreaded going to work because I knew that I was going to get to make music with kids all day. So now thinking as a musician, it's really simple. If you aren't excited, you aren't feeling musical, or you just don't feel like an artist, we need to find ways to reconnect with that side of us, that teacher musician that you are, whether inside of your classroom or outside. Do you need to be spending more time honing your craft or being musically independent of your teaching life? And inside of your classroom, how can you best bring that musical part of yourself to your children? 
How can you facilitate experiences that spark your students' curiosity and also give them chances to be musical individually and as part of a cooperative learning group? The real question is, how can you put the focus back on you rather than those external factors that you literally have no control over? So often I talk to teachers who just feel so burnt out, and a lot of times I find it's because they're not nurturing this creative side of them, this part of them that made them want to be a music teacher in the first place. So how can you marry your teacher-musician identity with that of an artist? And lucky for you, if you struggle with that very thing, next week's episode, the last of season two, is just for you. So I always say that these episodes are going to be short and sweet, and this week, I kept my promise. Until next time, guys. Thanks for listening to the Anacrusic Podcast. For more details and information from this episode, check out the show notes on anacrusic.com. While you're there, join the Tap Insiders community on Facebook, where you can collaborate with Anne and other music educators. Also, if you found this episode entertaining or informative, don't forget to share with your music besties and leave a review on iTunes. The Anacrusic Podcast is a proud member of the Music Teacher Development Podcast Network. The Muted Network provides support in the form of audio on-demand programming designed by and for music educators. You can find more information about our network at mutedpodcasts.com.